a show dedicated to athletic development. We believe that we are one team with one fight. TrueGrind's mission is to empower athletes by using the weight room to teach the mindset and mental fortitude to succeed on and off the field, where we focus on developing powerful quality movements, understanding intent over intensity, and mastering the concept of lead small, where we share the unvarnished truth, even if common sense tells us otherwise. Your host is Brandon Janeka, owner of True Grind Systems, a sports performance gym in Austin, Texas. What's up, guys? This is uh, Grind Time number eight. I'm your host, Brandon Janeka, and today I have here with me a longtime True Grind client, um, collegiate pitcher, Mr. Walker Sigmund. Walker, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Brandon? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for coming on. Um, today we have an exciting uh, topic that that I love. Um, it, it falls under the leadership uh, topic, and, and we'll start with uh, just allowing Walker to, to tell a little bit about yourself. Okay, so uh, I started playing baseball when I was about four or five years old. Um, you know, played all the way until now, until I finally got injured. But let's backtrack a little bit and start with about when I was 11 or 12, I started playing select and little league. So I was doing double the amount of work and double the amount of workload with pitching and stuff. You've been a pitcher my whole life. Okay. Yeah, and I finally, like my junior year is when I finally like said, I'm going to be a PO, and that's how I'm going to get to be the next level is be a pitcher. Junior year of high school? Yes, sir. Okay. And so I was like, because I couldn't hit, you know. I, I never had the the, uh, the want to either because I was always afraid that the ball was going to hit me, et cetera. But um, yeah, so my like 12-year-old year, I from 12-year-old to about 16, I pitched year-round. And I think that's probably one of my biggest regrets of playing baseball because I don't feel like I got the development side I should have gotten, which you see now and you see everyone's developing and talking about development, player development. You have driveline, you have Cressy Sports Pro, uh, you CSP and all this, you have True Grind and you see the, the data that you see that people who take like the fall off and just train and work their way up to spring and summer and you see the, the numbers that they get. And that's where I feel like I lacked is not developing myself because um, I feel like there was definitely a flaw in like, cause I've all, I probably had pain, started pain, started my arm once since I was about 14. So I've always thrown with pain in my arm and I was just like, you know, oh, it's just soreness. We'll just move it to the side right, right. and get to the next level. And so, and then I realized that it was bad. My freshman year of college, um, we were throwing the whole, whole fall and all that stuff. And I come back and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like pain is like moved into the inner elbow and. You know, turns out five months later, I got surgery after tearing it um, because I wasn't, I was, I always just pushed it off. Like that's the biggest thing as I regret is pushing off soreness and pain. Like you need to, you need to figure out what the soreness is, figure out what the pain is and get it, get it, get it going and get it fixed. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. So why, why do you think you didn't um, come out and, and speak about that pain? Was it ego was it uh you didn't want to come out was it you were afraid of of losing your spot on the team why didn't why didn't you say it was obviously soreness that mm-hmm. that was that was uh repeating right mm-hmm. it was it was consistent soreness right. and and deep down was it just uh denial yeah so i honestly I, could, I think there's a little bit that goes into it first off i would say i didn't want to come out obviously because i'm a huge competitor and right. I, I hate having to come out of a game when i pitch also the thing is um this like kind of perspective of like, oh, you, you're, you're in pain. Oh, you know, like you had like to rub some dirt on and move on to the next. Like I was afraid that my coach would be like, oh, you're just being soft or you're being, you know, 
you're being like afraid of this. And so I, that's really what the cause probably was, was not wanting to be called soft by my coach. Did you, did you see at that level? Um, and I know I did, I, I grew up playing, you know, late nineties, early two thousands. Um, I was 12 in in 2000. Mm -hmm. So I was a little bit before you playing. What year were you? Uh, 12, 13, uh, about 2012. Okay. Okay. So did you see that, that, um, that effect when, when kids complained about pain or, or, um, talked about issues that they were having where they labeled soft and did they lose their spots on your team? Did you see that firsthand? Oh yeah. I saw it firsthand to, uh, to exactly one of my buddies, uh, fouled a ball off his, his shin and had a huge like balloon on his shin right. from fouling it off. And he was like, coach, I can't, I can't run on it. Right. And the coach just sat him down and didn't, didn't even play for the rest of the weekend. And that was on like a Thursday for a tournament for Thursday to Sunday. Didn't even play him. Cause he was like, he thought he was soft. And I feel like there's still some of those coaches, like the old school coaches, right? right. I mean, yeah, you want to have you want to have a level of toughness, a level of grit, absolutely. Definitely. But there's also a side of like if you're hurting and you are afraid to go out because you're going to be looked at as soft. Um, I think that's just unacceptable as, from a coaching's perspective. So we talk a lot about balance on this show, and I mentioned it almost every episode. And here's another example of, of balance, you know, of of having grit, mm-hmm. being tough versus being dumb right you know what what can you tell in your experience um about that line between being tough toughening it out manning up and being reckless being dumb Mm -hmm. you know absolutely so i saw even my first year of college um you know our coach specifically said like if you do terrible and then you blame it on an injury like he's just going to think of you as being soft right because he thought that you should have this toughness and stuff. And I agree with toughness and grit. But at the level is like, if, the, if this injury and this pain is going to cause you to be injured and it's serious and the coach, and you're, you're afraid to be open with your coach about um, how, how painful it is, right. I think that's a problem. Because that happened to me. I was like, oh, my coach is going to think I'm soft. He's going to be like, oh, you're not going to go in for, you're done. You're done. We're just going to call it quits. So it got past the point to where, you thought you were being tough and entered the reason entered fear. Yeah. You know, it was no longer, Hey, I'm tough. I can manage this. It's, Hey, I'm fearful that I'm going to lose my job. Absolutely. And that, uh, that's that line. Yeah. And there's definitely a line. And I feel like we crossed over that line because I was so fearful of not playing and not getting the opportunity to perform and show what I can do that I had ended up pitching with pain. And I think, it showed because I would go, there's one inning. I remember this clearly. We were in an inner squad. First inning, I was like 82, 83. Is this in uh, college? Yes, yeah, it's in college. My first my, uh, spring. And when I, when we were inner squatting, I was like 82, 83 in the first inning. And I was like feeling pain. And I got it rubbed out and all that stuff. And then the next inning, I just went out there and I was 87, 88, touching 90, 91 because I just had to work through the pain and be like, okay, I like can't be soft about this or else I'm not going to get the opportunity to show what I can do. Okay, and how long how long after that did you get hurt? Man, so that was probably April. So I got hurt two months later, and June fourteenth is when I well I felt the pain, and I drove home in two days and got an MRI, and it ter- turns out I tore my UCL. So so that that was really the point in that inner squad yeah. where if you didn't have that fear, you would have said something's wrong. Mm-hmm. I need to go get this checked Absolutely. out. Absolutely, and so. What would, what would be your advice to, to our athletes, you know, to that, um, 12, 13, 14, even 18, 19 year old who's 
who's dealing with that, who's feeling these, this discomfort, this, this more than discomfort, um, but is scared of, of, of letting their coach down or is scared of, of not playing. Right. Um, so see, so I had this talk with my parents actually, uh, this is, this is just, this brings back memories because my, my parents always tell me to speak up. They've mm-hmm. always told me to speak up and, you know, if you feel like you're being mistreated or you feel like you need to talk to something, speak up and speak your mind. And I feel like that's the thing. Like, if you're feeling pain, you got to have an honest relationship with your coach. Be like, coach, I don't feel comfortable with my arm. My arm feels discomfortable. And you have to understand that when you, you just have to wait to get the next opportunity. Like that's, that's what it comes down to. Cause when you get that next opportunity, you take advantage of it. You're back in the game. Right. Right. So it's just, you have to have a, you have to be able to feel comfortable and have an honest conversation with your coach. So let's talk more about that, man. I think we just hit something good here. How could you have developed that relationship? with your coach to where you could have that honest conversation with them. Is there things that you could have done to, to develop that relationship? So if you went to him with a, with an issue, he would, uh, believe you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like you, you, uh, you have to start, you probably, probably should start in the fall going in like once a week. Hey coach, just want to catch up. I just want to make a relationship with you. Hey, just seeing how you're doing. Yeah. Let me tell you how I feel and tell me how you feel about how I'm doing. Right. So you get, you get your criticism from the coach. And he, you get to tell him how you feel like you're doing. So it's a little back and forth and it's building a relationship to where you're both becoming like you have a little credible sources to each other to where you can trust him. Right. And once that happens, then, you know, next thing you know, you see him, you see him down the road or you see him like on campus. Hey coach, how's it going? You know, you yep. see him in public place. You can, you're, you're not afraid to be like, Oh my gosh, that's our right. coach. Right. And so I feel like that's where it starts. You just got to start off small and work your way up because it's you got to take the initiative right. of going out of your way because you can't let other people come out of their way because most times they won't. Right? How many guys? Is, uh, how many guys are on the team? About thirty-five. Well, in the fall, man, probably 40, yeah. 45. Yeah, yes. you, you cut it down to thirty-five. So, so there's so taking that initiative, developing that relationship. Also, what you have to do is you have to absolutely bust it mm-hmm. on on every aspect of your game, including school, mm-hmm. being on time, uh, running, conditioning. Um, workload, everything you get, you got to knock out of the park, right? You got to, you got to absolutely kill it. And so when there is an issue mm-hmm. and you bring it up to your coach, Hey, I, I know this guy is my workhorse. I, I know that he, he can withstand pain. I know he can withstand adversity. Mm-hmm. But now he's coming at me with this concern. Hey, maybe, maybe I need to listen because right. on the other hand, when we look through the coach's eyes, you know, who knows what his experience has taught him? Who knows how many kids have used slight soreness as an excuse to get out of whatever uh, evolution they're in, you know? And so we really got to make sure that we develop the relationships with our coaches, with our upper leadership. So when we have a legitimate problem, and if we go to our coaches, it needs to be legitimate mm-hmm. that we're heard and that we something is done about it right but it all starts with that that developing that relationship getting a reputation as a workhorse getting that reputation as a as as a leader and as someone who who puts the team in front of themselves and someone who who is willing to to go out of the way for for the greater good of the of the team so what was the realization you got hurt um how long ago was that Man, so I got hurt June 14th, 2018, so coming up on a year. Almost a year. Yeah. Um, man, next month. We'll be, yeah. we're, about, we're about a month away from a year. Yeah. Um, what was your realization? What, you, you, we talked about this um, a, a week ago, and, I, and I, this is what made me want to get you on this podcast. 
what did you say? What was your, um, my realization was, um, so I realized, so I, this is a perfect example. I went in one time, um, freshman year, went in bases loaded and, uh, I walked three guys through, through one strike and 13 pitches. Mm. Right. And you go down to, you go down to SEC country. It's, it's another ball game. Like it's, they're loud. Right. So, um, you know, I realized this cause I was just talking about it and, you know, you can't make excuses for failure because you are going to fail. Baseball is a game of failure. And I think that's what the, the youth don't understand is you, you hit 300, you hit three out of 10, you're a Hall of Famer, hitter wise. You hit like an average 300 out of 10. Um, so like I, I realized that, you know, even though I threw one strike out of 13 pitches, you can't make excuses for your failures. You got to be like, you just got to let it go, move on to the next. Like you have to, you have to have a short term memory in baseball or else you won't make it to the next level. Right. That's the huge thing. And so making excuses can hold, bring you down and hold you back from reaching your full potential. Right. And I've realized that because especially my brother, my brother pointed out to me correctly because he, every time he was here in the, his off season, he was busting my rear end and, you know, making sure I was getting the right workout, the right throwing, the right warm up, the right nutrition. And so, and then he taught me those skills to, for me to do now, which is awesome. And so you, you got you to take accountability for your actions and for your doings. 100%. I think the key word that they used uh, last week was ownership. Mm-hmm. Taking ownership of your game, taking ownership of where you're at um, amongst your peers, where you're at compared to where you want to be. Right. You know, and, and there is, ultimately there is no one else to blame. You have to eliminate the excuses Take ownership of your failures mm-hmm. and, and, and take ownership of the solutions. Absolutely. If you sit there playing the blame game and pointing fingers at everybody else, that gets nothing done. And it, and it absolutely um, um, breaks you away from the team. When you, start blaming, when, when you start blaming teammates, when you start blaming coaches, doctors, parents, right. school work, um, whatever – you're just ostracized. You're, 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 you're separating yourself from the team mm-hmm. because what is the te- collectively the team's got one thing on their mind. What is that? One Win. Yeah, one Win. Exactly. Absolutely. You're, you're part of something greater than yourself. So playing the blame game, pointing the fingers is, is absolutely the, the, the worst thing to do in, in any, it's really in any situation, but absolutely. especially when it comes to, uh, baseball especially when it comes to your game and, and, and where you're at go ahead yeah exactly and i, I just would think about this because like you, you you're a pitcher let's say you're, you're pitching right and your center fielder strikes out with bases loaded and you're down by one run right in like the fifth inning you come in and you yell at your your center fielder you think he's going to come in like on a guy on second you think he's going to come in 100 percent and try to throw the guy out at home for you when you just called him out for striking out like Absolutely. you think you just blamed him and you didn't take ownership for, oh, wait, maybe you should have made a better pitch and not let the guy get a hit. Right. And so you just got to, you got, I think it's, it boils down to, you got to be, you got to have more positives than negatives because negativity draws people away from each other. That makes people want to not be around other people. And so when you're in a team, you got to, you got to, you got to come together and you got to mesh correctly. Imagine if every team, every player on your team took ownership for every loss. Whether, I mean, the pitcher could have thrown one more better pitch. He could have struck out one more guy. Mm-hmm. The, the, the center fielder 
could have made a better throw on the to the cutoff. You right. know, the shortstop could have fielded one more ball cleanly. You mm-hmm. know, uh, had one more better at bat. Man, if everyone took ownership, real ownership, mm-hmm. not just saying it, right. but took ownership and then took actions to fix that issue, that's when the team just really, really blossoms. But developing that culture yeah. is 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 insanely difficult. It's insanely difficult. It all starts with you. It all starts with, with you. You have to adapt that mindset first. Absolutely. And then everybody catches on. But when, when, when you take ownership of things and, and your teammates see that, they want to play for you. Right, exactly. Right? They, cool, man, this guy's taking ownership. I feel like this was my fault. Right. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, man. Like, I, I want to play for this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it just... It spreads like wildflower fire. <laughs> it spreads like wildfire, and 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 that's when that's when really special teams start to develop. Mm-hmm. Is when when they take ownership. Each individual athlete, whether whether your you know your role is 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 a pinch hitter, a a, a specialty pitcher, or or the starting uh, first baseman. Right. You know you you play a role in the team, and every every guy takes ownership. Mm-hmm. That team's dangerous. Oh yeah, that team's dangerous, man. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, and I feel like you see that in every time in the call, at least for the past couple of years in the college world series, there's always that one team that is not as talented as the other seven, but right. finds a way because they yeah, take leadership. ownership and yeah. ownership. Yep. Of, yep. Uh, and so they just come together and work together. 100%. I truly believe this with all my heart. There's no such thing as bad teams, only bad leaders. Mm-hmm. That's been proven so many times, um, uh, in the sports world, in the military, um, if you adapt that, mm-hmm. if you adapt that mindset that there's no such thing as bad teams, only bad leaders, good things can happen. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, uh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Awesome, man. We had a, we had a great talk and, and, and yeah, hopefully I'll have you back on Absolutely. soon. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about True Grind Systems, go to TrueGrindSystems.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, and share us with your friends.